0: All right. Good evening. Mm-hmm. Good evening. to see you all today. Uh, today is Wednesday. It's August sixteenth, and we're halfway through already. That's something. Man, halfway through already. It's good to see y'all tonight. So tonight we're going to be in Joshua, the eighth chapter. This is uh, where they defeat AI. AI. You know, the last chapter we read last week, uh, they were defeated at AI because of the sin of Achan. So now that Achan has been dealt with, uh, they go, they're ready to go before them. Again, so let's go for the Lord in prayer. Lord, uh, though we're tired and body, we're we'll refreshed in the Spirit. Lord, bless us as we study your word tonight. Hear me with your Spirit to teach well. Forgive me of my sins. That I have committed this day, Lord, forgive all of us of our sins that we have committed this day, but that we may be holy and righteous uh, we're righteous because of Christ's righteousness, but may we be holy and blameless before you, Lord, uh, just forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from our iniquities. Uh, as we look at this passage, Lord, may your word read us as it always does, not just us studying the word, but the word studying us and showing us... Uh, our sin and where we need to repent, and also Lord showing us your glory, showing us the glory of Christ as we uh, find Him in this passage, pictures and types and shadows of Him in this passage. Lord, just send your Spirit to illuminate the truths that we will study tonight in Christ's name, Amen. 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 So again, as I said, chapter eight on the heels of chapter seven uh with Achan. Had sinned against God, and Israel was defeated at Ai, and Achan was dealt with by being stoned to death. Uh, Now we come to this chapter where they again um, go to battle against Ai. So we're going to do as we always do, reading the sections. We'll look at the first two verses first. Verse 1 and 2. So it says here, chapter 8, verse 1. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed take all the fighting men with you and arise go up to ai see i have given into your hand the king of ai and his people his city and his land and you shall do to ai and its king as you did to jericho and his king only its spoil and his livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay in ambush against the city behind it. So, after the defeat of, remember uh, uh, when Ai defeated Israel, there were thirty-six soldiers uh, that were killed. And of course, Joshua was angry about that. He tore his clothes. And of course, Achan was dealt with. But Joshua was probably still dealing uh, with that. So. They lost that battle, and now they're going to regain victory. So, in order to do this, they have to receive the courage from who? From God. So it says the Lord said to Joshua. So Israel did stumble through Achan's uh, sin. but remember they dealt with their failure because AI was fine. I mean, Achan was punished. And so now they had to move on. So sometimes it can be they difficult to, to regain you know, lost ground. Sometimes it can be difficult to, you know, get back up after uh, things have have happened. You know, when we have have setbacks or when we get off track, it can be very discouraging, right? Uh, when we have defeats in our life and we have discouragements and disappointments, but What is past, is past. What has happened, has happened. You know, we deal with it before God. Whatever sins we've committed in the past that that Christ has already paid for, we take them before God. But, just like Israel had to do, we have to do We must deal with the past before God by repentance. And by dying to self. And then we look forward, uh, you know, to what God has for us. So Israel had to do the same thing. They couldn't dwell on that past defeat. They could not dwell on uh, Achan's sin and their defeat at Ai. They had to do what? Move forward. So how do they move forward? God is doing what? Encouraging them. Telling Joshua, do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Now, dismayed is different from being um, disappointed because dismayed uh, is a sign of like hopelessness. Like discouragement is a sign of hopelessness. You can be disappointed if something happens, but you can fall into discouragement. Discouragement is that you're not encouraged anymore, as opposed to encouragement. You're Discouraged, you're losing courage. Okay, you're losing hope. But God tells Joshua, "What? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Don't dwell in disappointment. Don't dwell in being dismayed. Don't dwell in hopelessness." He told him, "Take all the people of war with you and arise, go up to Ai." And why does he say this? He says, "See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai." His people, his city, and his land. So, God didn't want Joshua or the nation to be dismayed or despondent. It was time for him to get busy. It was time for him to get back up and get going. And that is the Christian life. We're going to have setbacks in our life as a Christian in our walk with God. We're going to have setbacks. We're going to have disappointment, disappointing circumstances disappointing news, things that may trouble us. That's just part of being human. <laughs> okay? It's just going to happen. If you think about our world, uh, a lot of people, especially the younger generation, but older people, have, have caught the disease in thinking that nothing bad is supposed to happen to them. Or nothing bad happens in their life. Or when something bad does happen, they just fall to pieces. People don't want to feel okay. You hear people saying like good vibes only and you know saying stuff like that. You know, people don't want anything negative, so forth and so on. But that's not realistic. We're gonna have some things to befall us. Why? Because we live in a sinful world. We live in a fallen world. We're gonna have disappointing circumstances. We're gonna hear things that disappoint us. We're gonna see things that disappoint us. We're going to experience things disappointing circumstances. We're going to, as long as we're in our flesh, that's going to happen. And no medicine can take that away. The world says, here, you're feeling discouraged? Take this pill. You wake up feeling bad? Take this pill. It'll make you feel better. You sit during the day and you just don't know why you're Crying about stuff. Take this pill. Because the world wants to say the key to human happiness is through what? Taking medicine. Taking pills. Now that's outside of pinnacle, people are clinically depressed and all those things. But other than that, most people just don't want to feel bad about anything. But that's the human condition. That's part of living in a fallen world. We're going to feel bad about things. We're going to have times where we feel sad, and we shouldn't feel bad about it. I'll go to our doctor and say, sometimes I just feel sad for nothing. It's for a reason. You may not know what it is, but th- there's a reason why-, why you're feeling sad sometimes. But a pill is not going to take away sadness. Pills cannot cure the human condition. Pills cannot cure the effects of sin. In our lives, it, they, they they cannot do it, but doctors you that they can. Prescription, you know. Think about all the prescription. Think about all the drug ads you see on TV. You see them, right? When you watch TV, mm-hmm. how are the people in the commercials acting? Can I hear things? Huh? I you're yeah, happy dancing mm-hmm. around, and you know everybody's all smiling, and you know some of these commercial people are dancing, and you know that that's what the Prescription, the, the, the pharmaceutical companies are, are selling to you that take this drug and guess what, you'll be happy. It'll be a perfect sunny day and you're just feeling great. Next time you see the, uh, these prescription drug uh, commercials, see how the people, see how the actors are acting in those commercials. How how happy they present themselves. And it don't matter what it's for, it can be for Ozempic. it can be for Wigobi, it can be for a, a birth control medicine, it can be for cancer medicine, it can be for a thyroid, uh, it can be for a migraine uh, prescription like Lady Gaga in that commercial for migraines, she's playing the piano on stage, you know, she's a actual patient or whatever, or she takes that prescription medicine for migraines or whatever. And she's on stage and, you know, at a concert and stuff like that. They just make all this seem so happiness and appeal. But that's not the human condition. And I say all that because we're looking at this text here. Joshua's discouraged because the battle they lost. And also the death of Achan and the death of all those soldiers. But God says, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not fear. But take all of the fighting men. So he take as an action bird. Get to work. Get up. It was time to get busy. To set about being victorious for the Lord. Because God has not abandoned him. God has not abandoned us. Yes, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't grieve. It doesn't mean that in our moments of disappointment that we just shouldn't feel bad. But we don't do what? Wallow. We don't wallow in disappointment because you know what that becomes? That becomes discouragement. That becomes despondency. That becomes despair when you wallow in it. It's okay to have a little grieving moment, or, you know, have a small pity party, although nobody else is going to come. You know, it's okay. You know, we have things that, that you know, we have a pit party. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a sinful thing. But nobody else is coming to your pity party. And also, don't let that pity turn into unbelief. Because that's what can happen when you dwell in it. You begin to stop believing God. You begin to stop trusting in God. You begin to stop reading your Bible and praying and wanting to be in fellowship with the saints. You just want to go. Uh, Buy yourself into a corner and get in the fetal position to suck your thumb. Okay. But just as we see in this passage, God says, "Take all the people to war, a war with you, and arise." That's what God tells us. And so they were to go to battle and look at the instructions again. Only it spoiled. Okay, so they want to do the same thing they did with Jericho, basically. He's given the sin into the hands. He says, You shall do the Ai, verse 2, and it's king as you did to Jericho. That means destroy it, but keep the what? The spoil. You know? That means the, the jewelry and all those things. Okay, so they were to uh, take its spoil and its livestock. You shall take as plunder for yourselves. In other words, don't take the accursed things <laughs> like Achan did. He says, lay an ambush for the city behind So God gives them uh, a command to conquer it. They're going to ambush. This time it's different from what they did with Joshua. Joshua, they marched around the city. Uh, with Ai, they're going to ambush the city. You know, just gather together and just bomb rush basically. So they make the plans here in verses 3 through 8. Joshua rose, and all the people of war to go up against Ai. Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men and sent them away by night. He commanded them say, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city, behind the city. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you be ready. Then I and all the people who are with me will approach the city, and I will come about. When they come out against us at the time, I'm sorry, at the first, then we shall flee before them. For well, they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city, for they will say, They are fleeing before us at the first. Therefore, we will flee before them. Then you shall rise from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will deliver you 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 into your hand. And it will be, when you have taken the city, that you shall set the city on fire. According to the commandment of the Lord, you shall do. I have commanded you. So Joshua sent 30,000 men. When they went before uh, Ai the first time, It was only 3,000 men. So this time he sent 10 times more to make sure he wanted the best resources for victory. So they were going to lie in ambush. They were going to lead their soldiers out of the city so that they could do what? Ambush them. So Joshua had this military experience. He had this plan that God had given him. So verse 9 and 10 says that Joshua therefore sent them out and they went to lie in ambush and stayed between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. So he stayed among the people that night. So this was a night thing. So they all, all those 30,000 soldiers got in place at night. Remember, you understand, during this time they didn't have lights. They didn't have like streets with lights and stuff like that. So when it was dark out there, guess what? It was dark. Just imagine being out in the middle of the forest, away from city lights. It's dark. No moon now. All you see is the stars. It was dark. So we have to kind of imagine it like that. So it says, Joshua rose up early in the morning and mustered the people, gathered them together, and went up, he and the elders of Israel, before the people of Ai. So it says here in verse eleven, beginning at verse eleven, and all the people who were, who were with him went up and drew near. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they came before the city and camped on the north side of Ai, and a valley lay between them. They took about five thousand men and set them in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, all the army that was on the north of the city and its rear guard on the west side of the city, Joshua went. That night into the midst of the battle, so you had three thousand on one side and then five thousand on the other side. So guess what? They were ready. He was ready this time. Okay. So five. Uh, it was basically five units because a unit was five five thousand. So this was a great force right here of of people. So it says here, verse uh, fourteen. Now it happened when the king of Ai saw it that the men of the city hurried and rose early and went out against Israel to battle, he and all his people at an appointed time before the plain. But he did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made it as if they were beaten before the memory, because they told them to flee and fled by the way of the wilderness. So all the people who were in AI were called together to pursue them. They pursued Joshua, they were drawn away from the city. This is a pretty good military strategy. There was not a man left in Ai, while wow, or Bethel, who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city open and pursued Israel. So this is a this is a great military strategy. In a drawing all of the people out of this city, because they fled, they fled away. They, they, made, they made uh the soldiers of Ai, I think that they were being defeated. Man, that's something. That's a great strategy. So the men of Ai tried the exact same strategy against Israel. That's something. God had directed Joshua to use a completely different strategy against Ai than he did with uh, with Jericho. Led them out. So verse 18. Then the Lord said to Joshua, stretch out the spear that is in your hand toward Ai. This reminds me of when he told Moses to stretch out his rod over the uh over the Red Sea. <clears throat> For I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand toward the city. So those in ambush arose quickly out of their place. They ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand, and they entered the city and took it and hurried to set the city on fire. Remember, they ran everybody from out of the city by by acting like they were escaping. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw, and behold, the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. Just imagine how they felt. They had no power to flee this way or that way. And the people who had fled to the wilderness turned back on their pursuers. Now, when Joshua and all Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city, and that the smoke of the city ascended, they turned back and struck down the men of Ai. Then others came out of the city against them. So they were caught in the midst of Israel, some on, on this side and some on that side. And they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. So this was complete and total. But the king of Ai they took alive and brought him to Joshua. And the king the of Israel had made an end of slaying all the inhabitants of Ai in the field in the wilderness where they pursued them, and when they had all fallen by the edge of the sword until they were consumed, that all the Israelites returned to Ai and struck it with the edge of the sword. So it was that all who fell on that day, both men and women, were 12,000. And all the people, I'm sorry, all the people of Ai. But Joshua did not draw back his hand. With which he stretched out his spear until he had utterly destroyed all them happiness So this was complete obedience of the Lord. Only the livestock and the spoil of that city Israel took as, as booty for themselves. Mm-mm-mm. It was complete defeat. It was total defeat. So it says, according to the word of the Lord, which He commanded Joshua. So Joshua burned AI and made it a heap forever a desolation to this day. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree. Oh, sorry, I skipped the verse. But Joshua burned Ai and made it a heap forever, a desolation to this day. And the king of Ai, he hanged on a tree until evening. And as soon as the sun was down, Joshua commanded that they should take his corpse down from the tree, cast it at the entrance of the gate of the city and raise it over a great heap of stones that remain to this day. So, this victory and God's judgment was complete. It says that they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. So, this was a total judgment by God. This was because of God's faithfulness to Israel and Israel's faithfulness to God. I always remember this about God. God's victories are always total. They're always complete. God's judgments are, are always complete. When God comes back, when God judged these nations, especially in the Old Testament that we see, the defeat was always total. Except for when Israel didn't obey God, as we're going to see as we get later to this book and to the book of Judges, when they didn't obey God, and then they didn't Draw out all the nations that they were supposed to because they didn't obey God. But when God judges a nation, their defeat is total. It is complete. When God comes back to judge in the end, in the last day, when he comes back, guess what? His judgment is going to be total. It is going to be complete. When God says, Depart from me, that's it. There's no pleading with God. God says to the faithful, enter in. Well done, good and faithful servant. When he says that, that's a complete, that's complete. And when he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Guess what? That's a complete judgment. So when God destroyed these cities, like He, we destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah in Genesis, I think Genesis 19. We destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Same thing. wipe wipe the the city off the face of the earth. Why? Because that was a total judgment, total defeat. God judges a nation. It is always total. His judgment is complete. It was utter. It says that Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the spear until he had utterly destroyed all of the inhabitants of Ai so it was it was it was complete no one was left none escaped verse 22 none escaped In verse 26, which I just read, Joshua did not draw back his hand with which he stretched out the javelin or the spear until he had devoted all of the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. It was complete and total defeat in this ambush. And what did it make Ai? A heap of ruins, verse 28, 29. It became a, and then the king was buried under a heap of stones. You see that in verse 28, 29. He was, he was buried under a heap of stones. So, some things that we can learn from this victory is, is this. Number one, be encouraged when you tell Joshua. Be strong, you know, be, be encouraged. Follow the Lord's plan. The Lord gave them the action plan in what to do. The ambush. How many people? Uh, to choose. God gave them that. And guess what? Joshua followed their plan to a T. Another thing we can learn from that part is to to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus for encouragement. Look to Jesus for help. Look to Jesus always. Another thing we see is that Our God doesn't show mercy to his enemies. He's not going to show mercy to his enemies. We can be sure that God's going to defeat his enemies in the end. I was reading Psalm Psalm 37 this week, and and that's a great psalm of encouragement that that talks about that. David said in Psalm 31 and 1 and and 2, uh, do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the earth. God is going to deal with the enemies of his people. And what he does, it's going to be total and it's going to be complete. That's what we see in this passage. It's going to be total and it's going to be complete. And so we also see in here obedience brings victory. People obey God, so guess what? They have victory. When the disobedience came, in the last chapter, we saw what happened. Now it's a pattern that <laughs> it's a pattern that's happened throughout Israel's history. And then we're going to see it in this book especially. But in Israel's history, we see a a familiar pattern. One is obedience following the victory. The victory is followed by God's blessing. And then that blessing is followed by pride and disobedience. And then the disobedience is followed by defeat. The defeat is followed by judgment. then judgment is followed by repentance, and then repentance is followed by obedience. Then obedience is followed by victory again, and then the cycle just continues. That's that's what we're going to see with Israel. They're going to have victory, they're going to be blessed by God, and then what are they going to do? Forget God. Then they're going to sin against God. Then God's going to judge them. Then they're going to repent. And then they're going to Proud to obey God. Then God will give them success. Then God's going to bless them. And then when He blesses them, guess what? Pride and disobedience are going to take over. It's a cycle. And this can be the life of many Christians. We experience God's blessing. You know, we obey God. We experience the, the, the victory and the blessings that come with that. And then when God blesses us, we become disobedient. We become prideful. We become lifted up. Then when that pride happens we, we have a fall and then that fall god judges us and he judges us not judging our sins but we have to deal with the consequences of our sins and then we repent and then we obey the Lord and then the cycle continues that, that that's the life of many Christians and that's the pattern that we see we're gonna see in this book more and more but down to verse 30 and 31, we see a renewal of the covenant. So at that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Evil. Just as Moses, the servant of God, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law of Moses, an altar of uncut stones, which no man has wielded in iron to, And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. So this is uh, an altar that was built to the Lord. Now, this is the fulfillment of uh, Deuteronomy chapters 27 and 28. He says in verse 2, Deuteronomy 27, 2, It shall be on the day when you cross over the Jordan to the land which the Lord your God has given you, that you shall set up for yourselves large stones and whitewash them with lime. And you shall write on in the words of this law, you know, so forth and so on. Uh, this is what they're fulfilling. They're fulfilling that order from Moses uh, from just a few years before. Mm-hmm. So that's what they were doing. The Lord told them when they came to the promised land to build an altar and to sacrifice to the Lord and to read the law. This is basically uh, Joshua renewing the covenant. So they offered on the burnt office to the Lord, they sacrificed a uh, peace offering. So they begin to worship God and consecrate to God following the great victory. So what this shows is after great victories, we have to give God glory. After God does great and marvelous things for us, instead of forgetting God, we should do what? Give glory to God. We should worship God. We should sacrifice to God. That's what this shows. After this great victory, they... Offered offerings to God. They sacrificed peace offerings to God. They they gave God the glory. That's what we should do at the great victories instead of boasting about them. No, we give glory to God because He alone is worthy. In verse 32 to 35, as we're ready to close out this chapter, there in the presence of the children of Israel, He wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, just as it said in Deuteronomy 27 which he had written in all Israel with the elders and officers and judges, stood on either side of the ark before the priests, the Levites, who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord, the stranger as well as he who was born among them. Half of them were in front of Mount Gerizim, and half of them in front of Mount Ebo. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded uh, before that they should bless the people of Israel. And after he read all the words of the law, the blessings and the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses had commanded, which Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, with the women, the little ones, the strangers who were living among them. And you know what? They heard this on the other side of the Jordan before they came over. You know, Deuteronomy, I think chapter 26, 27, when they heard the blessings and curses, this was the same generation that heard them. So they heard it again and heard it again. These were the same people, though, that went across the Jordan, the same people that we read about in the book of Deuteronomy, Joshua obeyed. Joshua 1 and 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your heart, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do According to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have great success. So why was Mo why was Joshua reiterating this this word? Because he knew that it would bring great success to the nation if they adhered to God's word. So the whole nation heard the reading of the law because Some were gathered on one side, and uh, some were gathered in front of Mount Gerizim, and some were gathered in front of Mount Ebal. So they were basically almost like in the valley, so to speak, so all them could hear the word. So Mount Ebal was the mount of cursing. So this event was a momentous occasion for Israel because. They were hearing again the blessings and curses. Remember, they were taking over this land that God had already given them. So they had to be reminded of what the blessings were if they obeyed God, and then what the curses would be if they didn't obey God. They had already experienced one of the curses with who? Achan. Taking their cursed thing. They weren't supposed to do that. Achan wasn't supposed to do that. So they had to be reminded again. So, what does this tell us? We have to always be reminded of God's word and what God requires of us. Always. That's why we read the catechisms. That's why we're going to start the Gospel Primer reading again back on on Sunday. We're always ready to remind ourselves of the Gospel. Remind ourselves of, 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 of the Bible, the story of redemption. We have to always be reminded we should never forget that we have to remind ourselves of what God's Word says by what? Reading it. We should never get to the point where we think, oh, I've read it or Yeah, I've read over that before. Hey, I preached, to the, I preached through Ephesians back in 2012. Back around the time we first moved into this building. That was 11 years ago. There's a lot that I learned about Ephesians and about preaching. I, I, I'm not preaching the same way I did back then. So, you know, we, we should never have that attitude that, oh, yeah, I've read the Bible before, I've read that before, I've heard that before. No, we always keep it fresh. Keep the word fresh. Sometimes you learn time around. Exactly. You learn more, yep. you learn something different. Exactly. We keep the word on our hearts. And Joshua remembered that from, again, Joshua 1 and 8. It should not depart from your heart, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And observe and do according to all that it says. We must always remind ourselves. If we listen to it. If we read it. Do it. (laughs) Always remind ourselves of what God's word said. I'm reading Psalm 37 for the millionth time. I've read this psalm a lot. But it's always good for me to read it. Just remind me of what God's going to do to wicked people. Unless they repent. Or unless they repent. What's going to what the end is going to be, and then what God does for the godly, the blessings that He has for the godly. I'm always uh, reminded of that. Every other passage too, I'll just read through that, just just thinking about that. So Israel's being reminded again of their expectations and, and obedience, and what will happen if they obey, and what would happen if they disobey. And we have to be reminded of that too—the commandments of God and what God. Uh, requires of us uh, to live before his face. The Lord is so gracious to us. He was gracious to Israel. But the sad thing about it is that even after all this, they're going to have great victories. And then, the next thing you know, they're going to go into defeat later on in this book. Next week, we're going to look at uh, uh, chapter 9 of the Gibeonites. If you get a chance, just read ahead as we do these. Kind of know know what's in these chapters. But we'll look at that next week. Let's go with the word of prayer. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for refreshing us. Thank you, Lord, for reminding us of the importance of your word, the importance of obedience. The importance of taking time to study your word and reading your word. Lord, the importance of the blessings that come with obeying this. There's there's such tremendous blessings, Lord, that come from obeying your word. And Lord, just thank you for being so gracious to us. Because, Lord, we surely don't deserve it. You're so merciful to us, Lord. I pray that you use this Bible setting to encourage the faith to be strong, to be of good courage, to not be dismayed. We will have disappointing circumstances, Lord, but let us not dwell and wallow in disappointments. Let us always look to you, Lord, to encourage us, because you are faithful to do that. And to meet on the Lord's name, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with us. In Christ's name, amen. Amen.